0: The National Coronavirus Command Council has decided to enforce a nationwide lockdown for 21 days. As the world has to physically distance to save itself, we need to get closer to God. Come, you're welcome to a place where we discuss the world's events through the lens of scripture. You're welcome to this public square gathering. I've got my friend, I've got my brother, uh, Peter uh, Cornelius. Uh, he leads uh, a church uh, in Cape Town, Clement Baptist Church. Uh, I asked uh, Pastor Peter to jump on here. Uh, just to speak on the, the, the question of, is this church essential? And when we say the church is essential, what does that actually mean? And why is the church essential? And, and prior to COVID-19, was the church essential. So I'm just going to give you the platform just to, to chop it up for us. Welcome and good evening. Good evening, everyone. Um, yeah, quite a hot potato topic, uh, Greg, that you've given me. Uh, is the church essential? I think I'd like to start off simply by defining what essential is um, and then also trying to define what church is, uh, which is what we've been discussing a bit earlier. The the term essential um, is meant to define something that we cannot do without that if you remove that aspect um, uh, or that facility or that object then you are essentially condemning another object to death and so there's a symbiosis there's this mutual dependence that I have on whatever else I'm defining as essential if I take that away I no longer am who I am, and I might even die. In other words, I cease to exist. Now, if we apply that definition to the church, the answer is still yes. I do think, however, that what we think church is, is not fully developed. I think in certain areas, we've pumped the definition of church up to where it's not supposed to go. Um, and we are confusing certain lesser functions of the church to be essential. Um, And that's where we're getting into trouble. So let me explain. Uh, The church is definitely essential. It's essential on on three levels, um, with the last level that I will define uh, having some leeway um, to remove certain functions therefrom. So the first one, why it's essential, because theologically it's proclaimed to be essential. The church is just not another NGO or an NPO or another human organization. It is rooted, uh, its origins are rooted in the word of God. Um, So that's where we find our articles of origin. That's who we are. Jesus spoke us into existence uh, and we are an eternal body. So after everything is consummated, the redeemed and perfected church will still continue to minister unto God throughout eternity. Um, So from that perspective, definitely essential. From a spiritual perspective, the church is essential. What I mean by that is all the spiritual disciplines that we practice, whether it's in church or out, when I say in church, gathering on a Sunday or any other day that the churches gather, um, we are we are essential for the practice of spiritual disciplines uh, you, you cannot take that away um, having said that let me just put a proviso in here that uh, when you are essential you don't need the permission of any other body substance, or thing to exist you're essential uh, the church does not need the government to say you're essential Uh, Let me go to number three, uh, which will give that some light as well. So the first one is theologically. The second one is spiritually in terms of our spiritual practice and disciplines. And the last one is socially. Are we essential socially? Of course. And I think a lot of the pain that people are are, um, feeling right now is because that social aspect of church is kind of missing. The people I usually see are are gone. I'm socially distant from them. Uh, The hugs I usually receive on a Sunday or in cell group and so forth, they're not there. Um, And so there is a bit of a grief that's happening because of that. It's disrupted our routine uh, and our places of comfort when it comes to the manifestation of our faith. However, there is some leeway in this social area of our functioning, that it's not essential to gather the way the modern church gathers. Um, I'm not saying it's not beneficial. I'm a pastor. Uh, I belong to um, a church group, which if you want to just use market or social terms, is involved in an industry of gathering. It's, It's essential to the way we've set church up. But it's not essential to the biblical concept of church. And so when I say that not all things are equal, in the social sphere of what church is, I'm not denigrating its theological essential nature, and I'm not denigrating its, uh, its spiritual essential nature, but on a social level there's a lot of leeway, there's a lot of stuff that as time has gone on, we have added and packed on to what we define as church, and there's nothing wrong with that, uh, but we are certainly being challenged um, in this crisis. The crisis is not a good thing. People getting sick and people dying is not a good thing. But one of the silver linings of this uh, uh, COVID crisis that we are in is I think that we are getting now to think through theologically and philosophically what church is and we're almost being moved from kind of a far left, far right, maybe even centrist position to a more purist position uh, in terms of what church is having said that um, just i want to give you a few points uh, to ponder uh, i think that there's a shift taking place with the whole COVID crisis uh, the, the status quo for hundreds of years uh, brought about by relative peace in the west uh, and western influenced countries like ourselves has been that we've defined the church predominantly as the ecclesia and that means the called out ones uh, so in other words, come out from among them, be pure, be holy, all those type of things. And that is true. But that's one side of the coin. The church can also be defined as apostolic. Now, when I say apostolic, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, proclaiming things and culture shifts and all those type of things. I'm talking about the fact that you are the call out ones, but you also equally the sent out ones. Um, and what this crisis is forcing us to do is to focus predominantly on that side of the coin. Uh, We focus, like I said, only or mostly on Ecclesia and then missions is kind of like a thing for special people who have to do deputation and ask for your 30 Rand a month so that they can go to the Ukraine and tell people about the Lord and and engage in mission. Uh, That's not the biblical model, nothing wrong with that. However, The entire church, every single blood-washed believer who calls himself a follower of Jesus is called to be part of the this apostolic movement of being sent out, a messenger of God. And the fact that we are no longer able to go to a gathering place where we get fed, trained, motivated, and then released to go home um, is the best thing with us. But now we are being released to go out so that we can actually fulfill an apostolic mandate, as well as maintaining an ecclesiastical, a set-apart nature. So from those two perspectives, I think there's a shift happening. We're moving from ecclesia to apostolic. Um, The other shift for the majority of church people, um, we have made, forgive me here, because I'm speaking to myself as well, we've made little demigods of Christian leaders, um, what I mean by that is, uh, you know, the, the Demigod philosophy is rooted in Roman and Greek um, pagan theology, but you've got Zeus, and then Zeus would have a son with a human, and he's got some of the powers of a full god, and you know, some of the attributes uh, of a human, but he's he's worthy of worship, and he's got some ability as well. And we've almost looked at um, at Christian leaders, especially the very capable ones, the ones with great natural charisma and leadership ability, and we've looked upon them almost as if they are these little Christian demigods. Um, and we praise God for people who are talented. I firmly believe God raises people and places them uh, for a time such as this. But the COVID crisis is moving us not only from Ecclesia to Apostolic, it's also moving us um, from being led to most of us assuming some type of leadership in reaching others that it's it's no longer as simple and as easy as to listen to my pastor who tells me what to do Uh, i now physically have to listen uh, to the voice of god to the uh, the the whisper of the holy spirit who's now really leading me and I i don't want to plug this because that's not my intention But that's an old, what we call a Baptist principle, but it's a biblical principle. People died for this 500 years ago because the church just wasn't there yet. But we believe that every single Christian is a priest and has access to God and has the right and the privilege and the responsibility of listening to God, obeying God, and being a missionary for God. That aspect, I believe, pretty much throughout the world um, has been relegated to second class Um, And we haven't been following it. COVID is is resulting in that now uh, becoming thrust before us. Um, Every person is kind of stuck at home. If you are privileged enough to have a home that you can be stuck at. um, And if you take your faith seriously, you're now beginning to ask the question, what do I do without the firm directive of a pastor uh, that I can see, a cell group leader that I meet with every week? Um, I've got all this time. I'm not at work. What is the Holy Spirit saying to me now? And how do i fulfill that mandate and then the last thing i just want to speak about is um, we got to move um, kind of from self-service because that's that's a lot of what we're talking about um, it's not necessarily the honor of the church um, my theology of the church is that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it uh, one of my favorite hip-hop artists show baraka you know him well greg Um, sings a song called um, Shut Us Down um, where the theme of the song is do what you want, shut me up, close me down, uh, persecute me, do whatever you want to me as the church, but you are never going to shut the church down. The church moves on into posterity with great efficacy no matter what. And so I'm not questioning people's motives over there, but I do think that for many of us, we're so clouded uh, by the way things are that there's almost a self-servingness coming through. We, we need to get back to gathering. Uh, the time will come. Uh, everything has its season and covert might have, have its season for the next few months or whatever. But trust me, the time is going to come when the church will prosper in gathering again. Um, but we, we need, we're going to have to move from self-serving to sacrificial serving for others. And... If COVID is going to help us become more conscious of that shift and that realization, then I say job well done. Whatever the cost is to the church, loss of income, there's probably a few churches that might be closing down. You know, I'm talking about very small churches and so forth. And have to pay and so forth, and then can't um, make those payments. Whatever the cost, as sad as that might be, it might be a cost worth paying. And so, in a sense, these three movements that I'm talking about, um, I would suggest speak into the essential nature of the church. We, we don't need anybody's permission. I don't need Sir Lord Amopause's position to be church because the church is not Claremont Baptist at 39 Cook Road in Claremont. The church is the body of blood believers who dwell together in fellowship and do God's bidding. And we continue to do that. And uh, as a pastor, as a, as a church member, we're constantly looking in this crisis as to how we can add value to a society that's buckling under this covert pressure and to be part of the solution and not kind of to self-serve. And I'm not saying anybody else is doing that. I'm sure they are, uh, but I don't know them. And so those three shifts, I think, speak into the essential nature of the church. And if we can grasp that, I think our prophetic and relevant witness would be a lot better served if that were the case. Anyway, guys, that's my uh, 10 cents worth. Feel free to break it apart and engage.